All right, Jake, you ready? All right. All right. Ready, ready, ready. I'm Kimberly Adams. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. Turn on the little red light that says on air and magic things happen. I'm Kai Rizal. Thanks for joining us on this Monday, the 1st of May. Today, we're going to do a little news, then a story or two that's making us smile. And then we'll get out of your hair. Ms. Adams, what do you got? Uh, one of them ties in very nicely with the interview you did today with uh, Lena, or you didn't do oh. it today, but it aired no. today with Lena Khan. Yes. Um, the FTC has a blog post today about artificial intelligence, which you, you asked uh, mm-hmm. Lena Khan about. And it's called The Luring Test, AI and the Engineering of Consumer Trust. And it's it's one of the FTC attorneys uh, in advertising practices is laying out just, just some warnings of things to keep an eye out for, that these generative AI tools are probably likely going to be used to quote, better persuade people and change their behavior. Hmm. And there's a lot of things that um, was high, that were highlighted in this piece that have sort of been kicking around in the periphery of my brain, but were put to words here. And it said, many of these chat bots are effectively built to persuade and are designed to answer queries in confident language, even when those... Lo- those answers are fictional. A tendency to trust the output of these tools also comes in part from automation bias, where people may be unduly trusting of answers from machine machines, which may seem neutral or impartial. And if you think about it, mm-hmm. if you ask your phone what the weather is, and your phone tells you what the temperature is outside, even if it doesn't feel that way, you're going to be like, oh, I wonder what, what's wrong with me. Right, hmm. because you sort of default to trusting these, you know, mm-hmm. the the technology, but becomes by default authoritative. And when we know that these bots are making stuff up, sometimes yep. there's a real risk there. Anyway, there's there's a lot of thought provoking pieces being written about generative AI, and I'm I like reading them because I do still think that this is a big moment in and a giant tech shift in our culture that's ongoing. I, I think you're totally right, and I think we are not ready for it. Americans specifically, but humans generally speaking, are a credulous people. Uh, mm-hmm. And, if, you know, if the robot tells us something, well, God, it's the robot. It must be true. And it, right? it ain't. It ain't. You know? Indeed. Yeah, totally. Indeed. Yeah, we are not ready. Mm-mm. Um, my other one is a Supreme Court case um, that I'm keeping an yeah. eye on. Yeah. This is, <laughs> you know, there's. There's the cases. There are the cases that get a ton of attention, and then there are the cases that actually have these mm-hmm. big impacts that mm-hmm. you don't really notice so much. So this one is Chevron versus the National Resources Defense Council. Um, sorry, not that's not what it is. <laughs> it's a different one. Um, but 40 years ago, there was a case Chevron versus the National Resources Defense Council, in which the Supreme Court ruled that when a regulation or a law is unclear the government should defer to a federal agency's interpretation of it, right? Mm -hmm. And in this case, it's a fishing company that is saying it's, here we go, Um, do-do-do-do-do, Loper Bright Enterprises versus Raimondo is one of the cases. And there are 
all of these cases, there's a couple of them that basically want the Supreme Court to review the Chevron case and say that when a regulation is not clear, we shouldn't, in fact, defer to what the federal agency thinks. We should back up off of it and let, you know, the company or whatever decide what to do and, and operate on the side of less government, which, as you can imagine, a lot of conservatives who want smaller government would really love to see this thing overturned. And it could really shift how the U.S. handles these types of uh, these rules. We, so We have to be clear that what's at stake here in this Chevron case is the administrative state. And the administrative yes. state, which are the rules, laws, and regulations by which this economy works, right? Yep. That's what's mm-hmm. at risk here. And it's forget, forget, don't forget because it's critically important, but forget just the mifepristone and the abortion pill case, right? This is, and and the FDA and what it's allowed to do. This would now be everything. It's mining regulations. It's paperwork regulations. It's you, I mean, name it. And the administrative state has some slice of it as this economy runs. And it's not too far a stretch to say that conservatives on the Supreme Court don't favor the administrative state. And so if they decide to get rid of the Chevron rule, Katie bar the door, man, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, that uh, didn't do a very good job of articulating the two cases that seem that are likely going to get bundled together on this um, is Loper Bright Enterprises versus Ramondo, who you also talked to mm-hmm. recently, Gina Ramondo, and then Murray versus UBS Security. That one is a whistleblower case, um, but you know they kind of tie into the same idea of yeah. what you just said. Yeah, it's a very yep. big deal. Uh, okay, so speaking of big deals. Uh, I can't decide which of these to do first and which of these annoy me more, but I'll go with the visceral one first. CNN announced today that uh, it's going to do a town hall with Donald Trump in New Hampshire uh, sometime in the next 10 days. Caitlin Collins is going to moderate. And I I would just like to point out that the American media is about to commit the same set of errors that it did in 2016 by normalizing the behavior of a person uh, who, who still rejects the results of the 2020 election, uh, who, without too terribly much argument, incited an insurrection in the Capitol and continues to defy reality today. And that's really bad. That's really, really bad. I'm not ready to say that it's the American media about to do it right it's now. CNN. It's CNN. It's one of the CNN. biggest cable channels out there. Even, right, even though its but, audience is relatively tiny, it carries a disproportionate oomph. And CNN, once again, CNN, which, sorry, this really irritates me, but CNN, who under Jeff Zucker in 2016, as you know, gave hours of airtime to hours. Donald Trump, going so far as to broadcast an empty podium in the lead up to his events because it got clicks and ratings and made Jeff Zucker and CNN piles of money. They're doing the same thing. Because unless Caitlin Collins is going to stop every sentence that Donald Trump says that's false, which she won't do, this is the mm-hmm. same thing. Okay, sorry. And are they giving a rant. town hall to Nikki Haley? Yeah, are right. we going right. to see town right. halls for Robert Kennedy? Right. Uh, and, you know, all these other people who have announced that they're running? Um, I should say, like, there are lots of people in media who are pushing back against us. I was yeah. looking at yeah. the front page of the Huffington Post, and it's like... 
giant letters. CNN rolls out the red carpet yep. for Trump. Yep. Basically, it's appalling. I, I, I do. I do wonder what the conversations. Are, sorry to interrupt. I do what the, wonder what the conversations are like inside the halls at CNN. Truly. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. I mean, maybe people are scared to speak up right now, given yeah. that. Maybe like because it's tough times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Anyway, so that's my rant for the day. Here's the 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 other substantive thing, which is also very, very, very not good news. Janet Yellen and the Congressional Budget Office. Janet Yellen, obviously, the mm-hmm. Secretary of the Treasury, and the CBO, the nonpartisan uh, observer and analyst of all things uh, for Congress. Um, said today that the X date, which is to say the day that Janet Yellen actually runs out of money to uh, pay our debts because she's been moving money around for a long time because she has to because Republicans in Congress won't raise the debt limit. The X date could be as soon as January. Sorry, as soon as June the 1st. June the 1st mm-hmm. is 31 days from right now. Are you kidding me? And Republicans are in the, in the House are now saying, oh, we did our bit. It's up to uh, uh, Biden and and uh, Chuck Schumer. And I, I'm, this, this will be very bad. Sorry, I'm kind of speechless. End of rant. <sighs> rant number two. I know, right? Uh, yeah. There's, there's no way around it. This is real bad. And it's getting close to worse. And I... I don't see the way out yet. No. And I, that's yeah. particularly disturbing. I, I read this afternoon that the Senate is in session for 13 days between now and the 1st of June. And two of those days that it's nominally are supposed to be in session are Fridays. And, and uh, the Senate doesn't like to work on Fridays. Um, so, yeah, there's not a lot of time. There's not a lot of time. Mm-mm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, All right, okay. Jake. Jake. All right. I should just come clean right here. I'm a little grumpy today, as you might have been able to tell from the first seven minutes of this podcast. So I do not have a make me smile. My apologies. Just don't have. It. <laughs> it's okay. Well, just then, don't have. It. I'll go ahead and do right. two because okay. I'll do All the right. one that I sent you and then the one that okay. I had. Right. So the one that I was suggesting for you is. It's it's sort of bittersweet. So we've talked before about the pet rock that NASA's Perseverance yep. rover has had for more than a year. It lost the rock. Oh no! You know, it it fell off the wheel, <laughs> and you know, this little rock had just sort of lodged, gotten in the wheel, and it wasn't hurting anything. It was just like sort of photobombing every so often that. You know, this was like Perseverance's rock. And so now the rock, the hitchhiking pet rock, has, has fallen off uh, after more than a year. It's more than half the time that Perseverance has been on Mars. So uh, that's that's one, which is, you know, it's bittersweet, but it's kind of fun. Uh, the other one is a story in Smithsonian Magazine that, courtesy of someone on Discord who flagged this to me, scientists have taught pet parrots to video call each other, and the birds apparently loved it. Hmm. So (laughs) parrots Hmm. are, I guess, very social creatures, but a lot of people will have them, like just one as a pet, and they get lonely. And so (laughs) they trained these cockatoos to, uh, you know, use a tablet to initiate a video call with other parrots and then it says domesticated parrots then learn to initiate video chats with other pet parrots had a variety of positive experiences such as learning new skills (laughs) and yeah 
Uh, it says lonely parrots are unhappy parrots. So researchers set, set out to find a way for some of the estimated 20 million pet birds living in the United God. States to connect oh, with man. each other. Sorry, I hadn't seen that little bit. That's a lot of birds. That's a lot of birds. That's a lot of birds. Man. I remember when I was in L.A., somebody was telling me that there's like all of these like green parrots that y'all have. Oh, man. Up by my house? Yeah. That I guess Oof. came from like somebody accidentally releasing them yep. at one point, and then yep. they just bred. Yep, and, uh, and every now and then you see flocks of like a dozen flying over, and they're loud, and they're they're cool to look at. They're gorgeous, this bright green. But wow, yeah, that's it's actually a thing. It's actually a thing. Hmm. There you huh. go. There you go. Parrots. Parrots. Yeah. Who knew? All right, we're done for today. Tomorrow, uh, we're going to do a Tuesday show. Uh, we're going to talk about child labor in the United States, specifically illegal child labor. Um, if you've seen any of the reporting, it's kind of incredible and horrifying. We want to know why it's becoming more frequent and why some states are trying to roll back and have rolled back, actually, child labor protections. That's actually happening out there. Hmm. As always, if you have a question, comment, or suggestion, we are here for it. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail at 508-UB-SMART. You can also email us at makemesmart at marketplace.org. Make Me Smart is produced by Courtney Bergseeker. Today's program was engineered by Jake Cherry. Ellen Rolfes writes our newsletter. Our intern is Antonia Barreras. Marissa Cabrera is our senior producer. Bridget Bodner is the director of podcasts. And Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital and on demand. Excellent. Excellent. I was thinking you were so lucky that we didn't have the show yesterday because you were definitely going to get it. And it's going to be May joke. So you were saved. Oh, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> we all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I'm spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.